Hey everybody and welcome to today's podcast. I'm your coach and your hostess, Nicole DiMincentis, aka Chick 911 Talking to you today more so about organizational leadership, a giant step here and we're talking about positioning your people to win. Now up to this point if you've been following along in our podcast, you can look back chronologically and you're going to see that up to this point, most if not all of our podcasts have focused on your own personal development, your own as the person, the things that you need to infuse yourself with the strength, whether it's the nutrition, whether it's the mindset, um, any resources in order to get yourself positioned to win. But leadership is very much an external process. It's an externally focused, driven thing. It's a lifestyle. Whether this has application to your business, whether this has application to your personal life, it's about leading others in the forward direction. So at the end of the day, it's not about you being able to walk and say, oh, well, it's all about me and I meal prep. What it is, is when you're teaching other people, you have to say what it is that you're doing while you're doing it because that people learn through repetition what they hear, but they also do what they see. So what you're doing is you're seeming your word and your action together and that integrity, that congruency is really what makes a larger influence and a, and a, a stronger message for the people whom it is that you're leading. But in order to have yourself positioned to win, you know, there's there's things that you have to put in place for yourself to be strong and vital. So I like to do that element of personal development because typically the people at the top are usually the ones who are giving the most. And I end up seeing them in whether this is in my fitness uh, division of my business, whether this is in straight up organizational leadership coaching, or even when it comes to dimensions of more so like transformational life coaching, I catch these high level producers and very, very strong leaders on the back end after they're experiencing symptoms of burnout. So I, I, I am very, very, very strong about advocating for you and teaching you the habits and impressing upon you those habits to position yourself to win, not in terms of just like strategy to acquire more clients or build your business or get a winning team, but like at your innermost core, positioning yourself to win so that you stay strong and vital when it comes to your own health or your own relationships or your own financial situation. All right. But let's take all of that now and let's put this into the context of the role that you have as a leader, as the leader of your organization, the leader of your team, the head of your household, you know, person of influence in your community or your church is that when you are in that role, your next job is to position your people to win. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, there's a fine line between positioning your people to win and micromanagement or being a helicopter parent, right? So here's here's what started me thinking about this. I was 
you know, I like to be a few steps ahead of the game in terms of like, where are we going with these podcasts and what's going to be the next bit of information. And I, I left our last podcast and saying, you know, leadership is an externally, you know, focused thing. Well, what now? And I was trailing back over where organizational leadership, like where it came from with me, like what did I use it for over the course of the years? Like, and it wasn't, I shouldn't say where did I use it? Where was I brought in? How about that? To use it for other people. And as far as I can remember, I was actually brought in to the fire service to use organizational leadership for individuals who were hired on as full-time firefighters and paramedics if they were not hitting expectations for um, job performance, whatever, whatever their responsibilities were. And my history is actually, I have a stronger history in coaching and training men. So again, coaching women is more of a newer thing for me. And I, I still, I think, communicate very clearly to help kind of like settle the mind of a woman. But when it comes to my communication tactics and the words that I use and, and my body language and things like that, I know that I typically command the respect and attention of a man because that's where I've had the majority of my training if you would. So it's, it's kind of fun because I'm still, I'm learning the softer side of the business, if you will, and learning how to guide estrogen, if you will, because I've not, I've not been in that space actually on purpose. So, you know, here we go, just like, you know, always a project in motion. But what this is, is when you're looking to position your team or your people to win, you as the leader still have to remain highly coachable and you have to still be utilizing your skills of active listening because they're going to be the ones, your people are going to be the ones who are going to report to you the issues that they're experiencing on the front line and it's up to you as to whether or not they get the attention that they need, whether you handle it immediately or whether you totally blow the whole entire project off. So I want you to, if you could, we're talking about positioning your people to win. I want you to think back to maybe one of your first jobs and maybe not well, yeah, one of the early, let's, let's think back to one of like the earliest jobs that you ever had where there was a problem and you went to the boss or the manager, you know, the person above you and they brushed you off and it was something, something other than, you know, like the color of the paint on the walls. Like, I mean, it was something significant to you or to how you were able to operate and this problem that you were having maybe was impacting your productivity it was impacting you know your bottom line your sales targets you know whatever that was for you and what was it like being on the opposite end of a boss or a supervisor who just brushed you off not because they were busy and then they came back to it at a different time like they just brushed you off it's one of the most disempowering things ever, right? Not just because 
it's a feeling thing like you got your feelings hurt but you are there and you came with good faith this is a problem right here and I hope that you went to that individual with a solution there's nothing worse than being a complainer and not having a solution to go along with it all right so I'm gonna put that on the table straight from the get-go but in all actuality did that foster trust and collaboration or did it not and obviously it didn't right and you can think back to different times when you've had different jobs or, or different things that you were doing where the person who was above you either didn't give you the time of day never followed up with you said they'll get back to you said that they will you know give attention to this thing and when there's no congruency there or there's no respect or no active listening or no communication that's when your people start to lose morale interest support enrollment in what it is that you're doing now if you have let's talk to my business owners here or people who are involved in sales the morale of your people I mean that's like the lifeblood of your organization because you tell me do the winningest sales teams any team the sports team do does any team win if they have crushed and broken morale they never do all right and so what I'm saying to you as the leader now positioning your people to win once you step away from being the person who's in charge of one particular aspect of your business one particular dimension of your company you you have to empower the people that you have placed in those positions to do their job but the lines of communication probably have to be built tenfold because by your not being there you don't see the day-to-day -day things and oftentimes you don't then hear about stuff being a major problem until it becomes like a virtual crisis right like now you're trying to just like it's not just a small little fire you're trying to put out I mean this is like a fire that's got gasoline and like open winds with it and like a, a full dry forest just like waiting to burn down so what I'm saying to you is positioning your people to win is obviously you know how you structure things but it also is largely impacted by communication and trust and active listening because the qualified individual and the quality employee or the quality you know, player on the team, that person, is going to start to tell you things very, very early on in the game that this is a problem. And you can look back. I know that you've had this experience as an employee or as a person you know, who's coming up a chain in some direction where you knew you either had a sense that something was wrong, you could see that whatever this problem was, it would snowball over time. We're gonna have this problem, that problem, and here you are. And nothing ever was done about it, and many years went by, and now there's like this whole entire shitstorm, and it, it, now the people who are needing to deal with this problem are in over their heads, and it's gotten like way out of control right and we've seen this I'll tell you I see this in the healthcare industry right now and this is not meant to be a prideful piece or whatsoever but if you remember listening to one of the podcasts that we had I didn't remember the name of it but I was talking about different failures and different disappointments that I had and one of those if you remember I was removed from 
orientation and my first trip with a flight company as a flight nurse because I was the person who spoke about an early safety concern that our hospital was having. And I don't, you know, perhaps the way that I delivered that message, you know, was not, you know, up the chain how things were supposed to be done. But but what happened was nothing was done and the amount of tension, attention that that safety standard or safety concern should have received at that time, it, it didn't. And it snowballed. We had a few issues. And now I sit here several years ahead and we're having shootings in the hospitals and we have, you know, healthcare people who are being held at, you know, at gunpoint and things like that. Like things have gotten way out of control and the same thing can happen inside of your own organization from something like big and giant like safety or look back and see, you know, maybe this has something to do with sales. In fact, I just came from my gym. I bought some containers of protein yesterday and it was supposed to be buy one, get one half off. And I don't really track, you know, the prices inside of the gym all that closely. I know that it usually costs like roughly 20 bucks. And, you know, the kid at the front, um, he was a super shy salesman. I didn't even know that they were buy one, get one half off. And it wasn't until we, like I was handing him cash for the first container of protein that he said, you know, these are buy one, get one 50% off. And I said, why don't I know about this? I mean, there was no signs, like no nothing. So I go, I grab this other tub. He tells me, you know, how much ever dollar amount it was. I, I thought, gosh, did they just raise their container, like their prices or whatever? Because it was higher than I thought it was going to be. So I was in a hurry. I paid for it. I walked out the door. And then later that night, I always look at my receipts for the day. Um, I saw that I wasn't, you know, the 50% off was not given. So I went back into the gym today because rule number one when it comes to your financial situation is never lose money, right? So I go back into the gym and the kid that sold me, you know, was not there, but his manager was. So, you know, I explained to him what happened. He's like, whatever. And he was whatever, not like a problem. So he was looking at this and he was looking through the computer screen and it was clear that he was looking at something. And finally, after probably like four minutes, he said, well, he, what did he say? He said, do you have your card on you? I said, well, I didn't pay with a card, I paid with cash. He goes, oh, well, we're not supposed to give cash out of the drawer. I said, too bad. <laughs> so he chuckled and he goes, okay, okay. And he's still in the computer. And I was thinking to myself, I know what he's doing. I know he's trying to see like how this kid, like he, he's the manager, but he does not have access to this kid's commission. So where is this money going to come from? Because it was under his sale. So I knew just from working with salespeople that this is what this manager was doing. So he, he says, you know what? Okay. He hands me, you know, the, the, it's like a $10 bill in my receipt. He goes, okay. But then he said to me, he goes, this just came out of my commission. And I said, you know what? I'm so sorry about that. I said, I, I, I get this and here's what I'm going to say. This is about positioning your people to win. I was so appreciative that this guy, he did what was right. 
and he took care of the customer, which was me. So regardless of how that $10 ended up coming my way, his, his core is right. Always serve the customer and we'll deal with the logistics of it on the backside. Well, then he came around the, around the corner and I said, you know, I said, I work retail. I said, and we don't earn commission. I said, but we have sales targets every day. I said, and when we are at the front counter, we get hit with all the returns and it moves, it works against our sales numbers. He goes, exactly. He goes, that's exactly what happens. He goes, this isn't even my sale. And he goes, it pulls against my numbers. I said, I know. I said, I'm so sorry. He goes, it's really not a big deal. He goes, I'm above my numbers anyway. I said, but it's the principle here. He goes, yes, that's exactly right. And he, I think I see the guy every day. I mean, so it's not like, you know, I'm just some customer off the street. But it was that moment of, you know what, this is a this is not a situation that you want to have your point people in. This is not going to serve them. This does not position your people to win. How can you have a manager who now has to make things right for the customer or any person who's in charge of a register to do that where now you're pulling against somebody's commissions because of somebody else who screwed up? Like that does not position your people to win. But at the end of the day, uh, like this guy who helped me, I can see that he's morally intact and he's the exact type of individual I would want working for me because his value system is intact. Anything else that comes out of there, you know, if you have an individual who is that intact, you can teach him and or her and put them in any other spot and you know that they're always going to do what is right, but you as the leader have that responsibility to position your people to win. Okay, whether that's financially, you, you cannot grant responsibility with zero like authority. It, it just simply doesn't work. So this is what I started thinking about when it comes to organizational leadership. If it's okay with you, I'd like to, to introduce some places where this dimension of coaching is actually useful to you as a leader. Okay, as a business owner, as a coach, as a team owner or whomever that oftentimes individuals who come for organizational leadership coaching are looking for their own development okay because again they realize they are on overload with their thought process they are they have lost focus they have multiple projects going and their busy brain just pretty much keep some <laughs> one of my guys is like I felt like I was strung out like a crackhead and, and so to help you regain that focus so it has personal implication for you but it's also designed to help your teams your crews your people and that's actually where that first was placed so believe it or not or just if you remember back from our podcast my initial entry into a, like an actual corporation, if you would, when I, you know, put the articles of corporation for a business, they were not for a coaching and training academy. They were for a gluten and allergen free baking line. 
it was while we were in more so of like the research and development aspect of the recipes and some of the processes and and learning like you know where are we going to put like the how-to part of the plan before I found a place to put that stuff on the market outside of you know like bazaars and and you know um what do you call it uh farmers markets and things like that is it was not it was designed what am I trying to say here the the training and coaching component I was doing on the side everything that I do was designed for my own businesses personal and professional development of my employees but as we started going along and I was talking to people of great influence and, and leaders of various industries, just from where I was working as a nurse and, you know, through bodybuilding and fitness and these different places, it was just, you know, shooting the shit and talking about what we're doing. They wanted to hear more about this coaching aspect of what I was doing or what I was planning for my people. And at the time I was working in an educational role with or for rather the fire service for firefighters and paramedics for continuing education. And that was actually the first place that organizational leadership I was invited in to come and do that coaching and training either with their with their crews at large, but more specifically for individuals who were not meeting expectations at work. And what was really cool was that it wasn't done as a punitive measure. Like, oh no, now you have to go, you know, work with this girl and she's going to teach you how to get your shit together. It wasn't like that at all. What actually happened was when the individuals, so I coached, there's two people that I'm thinking of. One gentleman um, is a fire lieutenant and was also, he was responsible for the EMS portion of their fire district. And it, his role, he was not stationed at one particular firehouse. Um, their fire district has multiple firehouses, you know, scattered throughout the town. And he traveled as a lieutenant. So if there was a call-in or somebody had a day off, he would travel to the other places. And so what we learned through his coaching program, and don't get me wrong, like he'll be the first to tell you, like he was not organized. But what we learned was once we, you know, sat down and it was, you know, nobody was he didn't have to leave on calls nobody was interrupting him he had that time to actually allow his mind to clear and we uncovered some breakdowns in how his job was actually set and simply by him being that traveler where he was moving from different station to different station he there was no he didn't have a home like he was keeping his office in his bag but if you've ever tried to live just outside of a bag and you've got invoices and, and you've got this and it's possible but it it lends a lot of stress and you need a home when you have that amount of responsibility i don't care what anybody says every great empire has some sort of a home station i that's that's how it is and there's a lot of you know things that you can do with working remotely but you need to have that grounding place where if you have large amount of responsibility you have to go somewhere or have a place where you can shut the door and get your work done and work with a clear mind because 
I mean, especially at a fire department where there is constant alarms going off, you can hear the radios talking, the phones are ringing, the crews are walking through, you've got school tours going on, you've got people from the community who just walk in and, you know, they're having heart attacks sometimes and, and stuff like that. Like, he was not positioned to win from the get. But through the coaching program, not only was he like he made a complete 180 with how he structured his day how he organized you know every dimension of his work what happened was the fire chief was so awesome and realized this is a major weakness that we have in how he's structured to win he's not positioned to win at all he's positioned to fail so they made proper and they made proper changes to support him in his role, not because he needed hand-holding, but because from the get, that fire chief knew you can't have a point person who's living like a wigwam and just traveling all over with no grounding point and or no allocated time to devote to this particular responsibility. And so the change was made to operations and also, if I'm not mistaken, to the job position that he had other, then he developed a team underneath him because of the, you know, the call volumes that they had and the, the nature and the busyness of the, of the work that he was doing, that it, it worked as an empowerment tool that added to the operations of that, of, which is actually a business, of that particular business. And that came out of a one-on-one organizational leadership coaching program. So it was like win-win all over the place. And that's really how it's designed is you or I can come in and we can assist our people, but if it's temporary or if we're, we're assisting them and then they're going back into the role where they're still not positioned to win, you as the leader cannot expect them to have great achievement or long, long like longevity with what they're doing when they're going back into something which is fundamentally broken and it needs to be updated. Do you see what I'm saying? So how else would you know that? And the guy that I was working with didn't even think about it because he was busy. He was busy trying to keep up with the demands of work and nobody ever knew any different. And really, no, he is the first person to ever have his job structured that way. There were people in the past who had his responsibilities, but not both. And so he just went in there. And that's, that's part of it is that your people don't know any different when they get sucked into the vortex of the workload. And this is just, this is how it is. And it's very, very high standard. It's very, very high performance, but they don't know any different. It's not until there is a critical fail that makes usually people stop and say, okay, now we have to do something about this. But that's why it's so important for you as that leader to understand one thing. And it's a topic that I wrote about actually on a blog that I posted on the fitness component of our, of our company. And it was, um, what's it called? Stability precludes dynamism. 
and I wrote it talking about plateaus and an athlete's ability to be dynamic on a, a training ground or a playing field. But I wrote it with a high degree of intentionality that as you were coming in as a coachee from the leadership aspect, from the personal and professional aspect of our company, that you can then read those blog posts and fill in any goal that you have. Whether this has to do with job performance, whether this has to do with your financial fitness, your financial situation, your relationship situations, is you simply switch out the words from anything in that blog post that says anything about fitness or, or muscles or something like that and you plug in your particular goal. So again, it's transformationgoal.org. Click where it says, you know, shoot on over to our fitness division and then you're going to see it's a blog post. It's called Stability Precludes Dynamism. And actually that whole entire plateau busting series um was really built or written with the intent not just to handle plateaus and, and obstacles on the fitness front, but fitness is a parallel for your life, personal and professional. So all of those were written with that ability and the intention for you to come in now with higher level skill sets, higher level goals, higher level intentions, and pull out what is written as fitness in those blog posts, and now you put in the goal it is that you're trying to work on, or that you're working on, not trying to, you're doing it. Does that make sense? And so you can do that, and you can also invite your people to do that. Do you see what I'm saying? Leadership is very much, you've got to fill your cup, and then you turn around and you do the same for your people. It's just like when you're flying on an airplane, what do they tell you to do? They tell you to put your own oxygen on first, and then you slip on the mask of the person who's next to you. Which, if you're flying with women and they're taking care of their kids, like that would be the farthest thing from their mind. But it's about, are you an asset or are you a liability? And you have to know that if you become unconscious while you're flying because you neglected to handle your own safety first, now everybody, now there's twice as much work for the people who are still alive to actually do. And that's a switch in your mentation. So it's never just about how much can you give. It's about how much can you give without destroying yourself. Wherever you go, there must be some semblance of stability. Whether this is your physiologic stability, we're talking the basics, your food, your shelter, your water, and your clothing. Okay, <laughs> whether this is talking about stability, just like with that one guy, with how his job was set up. He, he was just, you know, floating and bubbling all over the place. He needed some, some stability so that he could have that stable peace of mind that when I come back, this one paper is still going to be here. I know exactly where to find it. I'm not going to have to be, you know, searching through a bag for that one particular file. And oh gosh, so the, the file is, oh God, I forgot it at the other station. It's, that's not, it's not an issue anymore. It's here. I know where it is. And now, now I can do higher level functions. I can do more jobs. I can actually work faster because I'm not tending to the basics, which are not present. And therefore they make me unstable or I am unstable. Does that make sense? So stability precludes dynamism. Does that make sense now? Aha. 
know, I know, but it's pretty cool, right? So for you as a leader on this podcast right now, the next layer, when you are ready to do either staff development or you're looking to grow horizontally or vertically, how are you positioning your people to win? Now, I'm not the one who's sitting, I, don't, I do not believe that you operate your business or your team in order to get your people's approval. The, the whole entitlement thing, like that, that simply doesn't fly with me. I operate under the premise that you have people who are there because they believe in your mission and in your vision and they want, they're, they're good workers, they want to be there and they want to grow and develop and they do take the initiative. But there's those little breakdowns which happen and then you come back and you say, you know what, I didn't position my people to win from the get. I thought it was going to kind of go this way. I didn't pay attention to this. I was too busy in my own stuff to even realize what the heck was going on. Okay, now we sit down. Now we have, you know, a, a very clear conversation on how do we correct the situation and build up a system which is stronger and better so that we don't have this problem again. Does that make sense? But this is always evolving. So whether this is a team, this is a business, this is your household which you're operating, that group, they are living, breathing things. They're changing each and every day and so is the environment in which they're working. So now you see why I'm such a strong proponent about you doing what you need to do with your health and your fitness and your own internal work to keep yourself fully charged and fully present, keeping command of your emotionality and your mind clear because now you've got to handle stuff at a much higher level and you're dealing with people who are not inside of your head. I think most strong leaders have incredibly like developed brains and they're you know, thinking about 12 different things at once, but your people's brains are not designed like that. And they're not mind readers. Even if people know you really, really well, oftentimes you're skipping steps inside of your head and you don't realize it until you say a sentence and then somebody's just like, what? <laughs> I remember a friend of mine who has like a very, very dynamic brain and I said something and he looked straight at me and he said, I, I, I don't even know where you're at right now. <laughs> and I remember that because he really was one of the only people who could keep up with the speed of my crazy brain. And for him to say that so clearly, it really, it made me think twice that when I'm communicating with my own people or new clients or whomever, even with my own family, is that I still get burned on like how fast my mind is working. And, you know, I'll, I will skip steps, but I, I try to hear his words inside of my head all the time because you jump 12 steps ahead and the people at the beginning don't they don't they don't even know where you're at 
<laughs> so that's not positioning them to, to win because they don't know what the expectation is. So another thing that I can tell you that's going to work to your advantage is to have some systems in place and hold yourself to them and hold your people to them. This is how we do it. Okay, and you go back and you develop a system. So whether this is a system that you have for prospecting, this is a system for how you handle your phone calls, this is a system for how we handle this. The more systematized you can get, okay, not robotic, not the customer is saying something and you're over here trying to adhere to the system and it's not even communicating or solving the same problem, the more systematic you can have. You know, maybe if you've got people who are writing up invoices for you, like what is, you know, it's the person at the end of the deal. You work for a car dealership and you think like when you go in and you see the financial guy, he's giving you the papers, but he's got a system of a whole bunch of things that he's got to tell you about with warranties and, and this, that, and the other. There's a system there so that nothing is forgotten, nothing is overlapped, nothing is neglected. Your people are positioned from the get-go because there's a system in place. Okay? The other thing too is when you have certain systems in place, it allows you to go faster because you're used to doing the same thing over and over and over again. But they also require review. And this this may have application to maybe your, your policies and procedures of your organization, of, you know, whatever it is that you're running there, that things still have to be updated, not to pacify your people, but to be sure that they have as much of a strengthening backbone to position your people to win from the get-go because of the velocity at which life or work environments are constantly changing. Does that make sense? So your ability to change the path of a business is huge or the path of a team or the morale of your people or how connected or how you know engaged do they feel with what it is that you're setting out to do is largely predicated on communication but also is having some sort of a, a system or a, a coaching process, program, something in place to open up those, those lines that when you're in the forest, you can't see all the trees because you're in it like day to day to day to day. And that's oftentimes how some of the biggest broken spokes are exposed in an organization, in a business, in a team, or whatever, is by having some sort of coaching program. In this case, it's organizational leadership coaching come into the business and run the program. And all of a sudden, now we're having new dialogue about, oh my gosh, this is actually what's going on. Like, holy cow. So it works as a, I think, a very positive consultant, if you would, rather than just the consultant coming in and just like slashing like this, 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 this is wrong. When you're looking to steer a group of individuals, right? And, and you're infusing them with their personal development as well as professional, 
you actually, the, the type of leader that has that dimension of coaching come into their organization is usually one who is highly respected. And I usually also make a very, very strong recommendation that the leader has moved through our coaching programs as well. It's not, oh, just come in and handle my people because then there's, there's a discontinuity there and there, it usually ends up falling apart you know, down the road. But when it's done correctly, it seals, it seals everybody together tighter because we train you on active listening, we train you on communication tactics, we train you on how to increase focus with yourself and with your team, how to spark momentum, how to steer momentum, how to leverage things like nutrition, and ultimately how to increase productivity. That's the placement of, of a personal professional development program within either a corporation or again, a team or a group or even a household. It's pretty fun. But everything rises and falls on leadership and that's you. And whether or not you position first and foremost yourself to win, but then following that, your people to win. Food for thought. <laughs> so we're closing out for the day. Thank you for joining us. Again, this has been Nicole DeVincentis. You can find me up on Instagram at chickachick911. We've got daily coaching tips, champion mindset coaching, um, inspirational, motivational clips inside of there. We've got a YouTube channel at chickachick911 as well. Our main website, though, as we're working on steering, you know, different branding and stuff, it's actually transformationgold.org. That's where you'll find the links towards the fitness division of our business, as well as the personal and professional development, and also the links to actually contact us. So if we can come out and train and serve your organization, your company, your team, or if you yourself as an individual are at that transition point and you know that in order for you to go next level you need a new version of you and and you require coaching that's how you contact us okay so the contact us tab is in the top right hand corner of the of the screen go ahead and hit that and then either myself or somebody from my team will contact you within 24 hours all right so let's go out there let's make it a great day we're finishing up. This is actually, it's almost Black Friday of 2018 at the time that I'm recording this podcast. So for all of my entrepreneurs out there, we're coming into like the busiest season of the year for us. I know a lot of us have a lot of things happening on that Friday, just here in a couple days. So let's get in there. Let's get in the game and let's finish strong. Thank you again, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.